Hello and welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, a place where we discuss a wide range of topics emphasizing healing, change, and growth for abuse survivors. Drawing from personal and professional experiences, we'll discuss issues openly for those in helping positions such as parents, educators, health and mental health professionals, and members of law enforcement. This is Dr. Chris Bertelson. Chris is a survivor, educator, and author. As a teenager, Chris was a target of a notorious child molester in his hometown, a man who went on to abduct and murder one of the victims. This abduction case went unsolved for 27 years. Chris was instrumental in helping bring attention to the cases, which were eventually solved in 2016. And this is Jordan Howard. Jordan is a therapist here in Arkansas with extensive experience working with abuse victims and males in particular. In addition, Jordan works with couples and people with addictions. Together, we hope to share stories and commentary of resilience and healing in a caring and lighthearted way, bringing attention to issues of abuse, addiction, and the effects on individuals and society. Hey everybody, welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, a place where men talk about stuff men don't talk about. Our last episode together, Jordan, we talked about, uh, you know, when these family members get sober or decide to get into recovery, how the family responds or not. And so this time I thought we'd just discuss, you know, what is therapy? What it, What's it like to go to therapy? You know, you've been on both, both sides. sides of this. I've been on, you know, gone to therapy myself. And, and as I've I joked before we started recording here, most folks don't end up in an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting on a winning streak, <laughs> right? That's, you know, most people, yeah. you know, most people don't, uh, don't go to treatment at their, at the peak of at their, their lives, right? right? They're not at their best. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling great. Let me go to therapy, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. um, you know, and, and this is, you know, we joke and we're, we're kind of chuckling and this is not to take away from the seriousness of folks who are at the beginning of that journey or deciding whether or not to go to treatment or deciding whether or not a 12-step program is for them. But one of the, one of the things that recovery gives us is a sense of humor, right? <laughs> so hopefully it matter, right? if it's working. That's right. Um, so anyway, uh, let's just kick it off there, Jordan. Let's yeah. talk about therapy. You know, what well, stigma around it, all sorts of stuff like that. Well, man, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, our, as you guys have probably heard, kind of our new catchphrase is the place, you know, Traumanomics Podcast, the, you know, the place where men talk about stuff that men don't talk about. Well, this is something men definitely don't talk a lot about, which is therapy, right. you know. Um, and I think we probably encountered that ourselves. And I'm not trying to say it's a completely gender biased deal, but I, I can tell you being a private practice therapist the numbers that I would see, you know, female versus male, uh, you know, it, it, it tends to be, and I think most would agree it, it, that the trend is it, it's, it's dip, more difficult to get males to come in the door. And so I think that's one thing that I Why would, do you I think would that is? there. I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, the, the big, the big P word I'm thinking of is pride. You know, at this <clears> point, there's a lot of that sense of just ego and pride that think, you know, we, we can, we can handle this on our own. I don't don't need somebody. Where do you, where do you think men learn to handle things on their own and be prideful? Other men. (laughs) (laughs) Or society society. that tells us uh, men's mental health doesn't matter. That's true. That's true as well. To your point, I don't think we can be surprised that men don't want to go to therapy. No. Because men, boys, and you know, for all the boy moms out there, 
Bless your heart. Bless your heart. (laughs) This is an important point, I think, is you got to get these kids talking. Yes, you do. And I think our generations following us are doing better with that, but we got to be willing to listen. Well, and I can tell you, this came up for me a few weeks back. Uh, You know, there's uh, a mom, boy mom, was basically saying, well, I, I don't think he wants to talk right now, and I just don't know that we should make him talk. And I'm sitting there going, that's one way you could approach it. But the reality is this stuff is going to come to the surface at some point. Would you rather that be now when he's, you know, it's kind of in your area, you know, I mean, like you've got him at your house. It's a know, safe, place. Thing, safe, safe place. Safe environment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or do you want to wait till he's 25 and, you know, a lot exposed to a lot of other things, you right. know, at that point. And so, no, I think this is, it's a crucial topic because I mean, I truthfully, and I mean this all joking say it's very difficult to get into the doors of therapy. I tell my clients that all the time. There's a there's a big first step of just making the appointment. Why is it that there's the stigma still? Do you think? I mean, I I know it's still there, and it's it, still and there. that's not just men. Uh, no, it's across the board. stigma. It's it's across the board. But why do you think that persists? You know, I don't know that there's one just solid answer to that. Uh, I, I think that there's, it, it is definitely something I've noticed that's still there. I think you, you guys, you know, I don't know if I've shared a lot, but I've been practicing for, I guess, going on, going on 15 years, you know, at this point, you know, and, and something I have noticed, it's trending better. You know, the stigma is getting less than it was 10 years ago. I would say that, but Still, and especially, you know, I will bring up in our southern communities, there's still this, you know, this still this thing where you just don't want to go talk about your problems. You don't want to air your dirty laundry with somebody. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to get into some of that stuff because it's a, it's a culture of, you know, it's just a culture of avoidance a lot of times. I want to avoid problems. You know, I don't want to talk about them. It's, it's counterintuitive, right? You can go talk about all your problems, you know, when you're taught not to from an early age. And that I think is the, that's the key point is that we need to change the culture of keeping secrets. Absolutely. You know, that's the, to me, that's the big, that's the glaring thing is that what we think is true is actually the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. That is talking about things are going to make it worse is what I believed. And when reality talking about them made it better. That's right. So. Well, there's that saying, you're only as sick as your secrets. <laughs> right. Right. That's you true. Know? You're only as sick as your secrets. Which right. means there's some, there's some sickness yes. you know, out there yeah. is the truth. Right. Um, but I mean, I, I don't know. I know it's it's difficult to come in. Uh, it's difficult to stay in the process of it. Uh, I think there's a lot of fear maybe too based on some antiquated views of therapy. Am I going to go lie on the couch and have this person tell me everything, which is, you know, by the way, guys, not not the way therapy typically is in our day and age today. Yes, that could probably happen somewhere, but that's generally not the not the expectation. <laughs> well, the, right? problem, the problem is, Jordan, at our age, if there's a, a couch involved, I'm probably going to be taking a nap. Sleep, not, right? Not doing any therapy. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I get it. Yeah. So um, one thing that, you know, makes me wonder, you, know, you talk about, it's not what therapy is. Well, what is it then? Yeah. So somebody comes in. What what should they expect? I think I think the biggest thing to me, uh, and, I, and I hope this has been your experience as well. I think therapy needs to be a place to where judgment is out the window, a non-judgmental stance by the person that you're working with. So, to me, I think the general expectations are it's going to be a conversation, like hopefully you would have with a with a with a 
peer or with a friend. I mean, somebody that's listening to you intently and trying to kind of guide you to where you need to be. And, you know, I think the best therapists out there are not the ones that really have an agenda themselves. They're trying to work for what your agenda is. What are you, what are you wanting? What's your goal? You know, where are you wanting to get? All right, that should be my goal if I'm your therapist, trying to help you get there, whatever that is. And I think, too, along that line is uh, it's it's a process of the client finding their own answers with the therapist's guidance. I Absolutely. think that's been the, you know, unlike, unlike I'll, com- I'll compare it to teaching, okay? Like, when I taught, I know these answers, this process, and I want you to learn it from me. That's not how therapy works. Or I don't think it should. Yeah. How I've yeah. felt good therapists... I agree. You know, it's when I discovered on my own. And actually, to be fair, that's good teaching, too. Um, True. It's when students find their own answers and are, and are inspired themselves. So that's also, you know, it's, it's true there as well. Yeah. You're just helping somebody try to get to it. I mean, I think, you know, that I, that was summed up great, Chris, with that. I mean, that, that's what therapy should look like in my view. You know, I know there's some of my colleagues that might argue. And we're, that, that's the other point. You're going to find so much variety in us, you know, that for, for all this, shop around, find somebody that's a good fit for you. I don't just mean necessarily somebody you, you like, but who's going to be a good fit for you to help you get to where you need to be. If people need different things. I had a, uh, I have a, just share a little story. I have an acquaintance. I, I know this person and said that he'd gone to a therapist with a marriage that was really the marriage was over, and it was uh, you know, just a, a really bad situation. And so he said to the therapist, you know, he shared this, the story and the circumstances, and after a couple of meetings, the therapist said, well, if you're not willing to file for divorce, I'm not able to help you. <laughs> and he basically fired, wow. the, he fired him. Right there. <laughs> right there. He said this, and so oh. that's a different approach. Different right? approach. Yeah. So, so he's just, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to help you. <laughs> and I'm telling you, you will find a variety of yeah. approaches, and that's good. You know, that's right. where I look at it and go, that, you know, I think so many people, you know, you will end up sticking with someone who may not be the best fit for them. You know, it's just there's part of just a fit. It's not necessarily that person's not good, but it's just fit. Right? Does it work with your personality type too? And so, you know, what we've got a list of things to look for when you're mm-hmm. searching for a therapist on the website. You can take a look at that if you're so inclined. But um, what kind of things go into fit other than just liking a person? Yeah, I think I think part of it to me, and I'll say this from the other side of it, is just like finding somebody that you know is going to truly hear you, you know, and I think that's different than somebody who's just, again, listening with their own agenda, you know, type thing. I think, you know, I, I like to think that a lot of the ones, you know, who are more seasoned in our field, I mean, it's like we, we try very hard, I believe, to really get in your story. You know, I mean, it's your story. It's your life. You know, it's not ours. You know, and so it's why, why do I need to be coming at it from my viewpoint? You know, there's a lot with fitness, I think, that goes into just honestly, are they really hearing me? I think of this, uh, uh, I don't know if you had the chance to see the new movie, The Joker, you know, for those of you that have, man, what a depiction of mental health crisis type thing that that's got, and I won't, I won't spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it, but uh, one of the scenes in that movie 
uh, is is him and a therapist. And one of the things, and you'll see, you will see a, a situation of a bad therapist right there in this case, because one of the things he tells her is basically, you haven't been listening to me this entire time. And we're talking about he. It, it, it seemed he had an established relationship where she just hadn't been hearing him at all from the get-go. And I think that's a lot to do with, you know, you don't want somebody like that. Uh, if, you, if you're getting the vibe that, that they, they're they just here to, you know, they're past the time and to get a paycheck, I mean, that's probably not the person you want to be seeing. So. Well, and I think it's, you know, a lot of places, uh, at least, you know, most of them I've researched or looked at and the therapists that I know have areas that they kind of specialize in things True. are things you guys are good at you know it's just yeah. like uh just like any other profession in. Things, yeah. Yeah. topics you're interested in right. you know people that with certain you know some folks do marital therapy some don't do that some are child therapy you know play therapists things like that well yeah and i, I would argue it's kind of like as, as we're sitting here talking for me you know i know i know for me early in my career i worked a lot with kids i, I don't right now that's not one of the things that i'm just yeah, I've kind of just transitioned into a new line of work, but that's not really something I a specialty right now. And it was at one point, but we grow and change, and uh, you know our clientele changes. Right. As well, we and do. as we get older too, I think the I would mm-hmm. I would think you know your rapport with kids changes. changes. It's not worse; it's just different. You know. Right. So. Yes, for a long time, I, it was more way more easy for me to uh, understand the lingo. Of the teenagers, you know, right. And, and right now it's not, you know, it's yeah. like I have to be like, God damn, what are they saying? <laughs> what does this mean? Teaching yeah. kept me young, you know. Yeah, when I right. taught high school, I it was uh, it was much easier to stay on top of things because they yeah. they fill you in. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I think all in all, guys, it's just it, it it's what we want to do here, probably above anything else. I think Chris would agree with this. We we want to be like kind of like saying that this stigma that's there with therapy. As we've got to break that wall down because if we're ever going to get to a place to where for, for male, female, you know, any, any, um, any person, um, we've got to have that stigma gone. Right. Cause it's not helpful. I mean, there's nothing that, you know, we're not getting good quality mental health. Um, I mean, if you look at per capita, the number of people that are in each state, you know, or whatever around the world, you know, or we'll go, you know, go global here. Um, there's there's areas that just aren't getting good services. Well, and I think you you touched on a pretty important point before was about the judgmental piece about therapists not being judgmental. You know, if someone's feeling judged, sexual orientation, ethnicity, gender issues, whatever the case is, they they need to be in a space where they feel safe and and not judged. And I, I think that's a pretty important point. Well, and if we've got any other therapists who are listening to the show right now, there, there's a, uh, I guarantee you that, that, and probably, probably the same as you with education and stuff, Chris, you, you know, early on when you're taking your coursework for this career, probably the first class you get in, they're going to ask you, why did you want to be a therapist? And what do you view a therapist as? And I remember that question. I don't know that mine's changed a whole lot in the sense of that time, but you know, I, I kind of think of, you know, you look at it there, I, mean, you know, I, I love Lord of the Rings series, you think about Gandalf, you know, and that, you think of like somebody who is trying to walk alongside you throughout this journey. He's not the hero in that journey. He's just there, and he's there to help and assist 
get some out of some jams a lot of times, you know, but it's not his story. Yeah, and I think it's sort of that that role right there is what that's what you should be looking for. Somebody who can be somewhat of a mentor, but also depending on where you're at in life, but can also be to somebody who's walking alongside you along this path that you're trying to get to. Somebody's encouraging, you know. That's the stuff that you need to find in a therapist. And I think if you find that regardless of what their degree is in or we you know, wherever they were trained or whatever, I don't know if that you know, I'm sure that matters some, but well, and there's the other thing, too, when I just piggyback on that, there are so many modalities, too. Uh, so, you know, that's another piece where EMDR, for example, we've talked about is one method. Brain spotting is another method. Talk yep. therapy, cognitive behavioral DBT, therapy. We could get, there's so many different specialties. Right. And yep. so what do you tell a client that really, how do you find out what methods to use? What's the right. best way? Well, and I think that goes back to that whole therapy shopping thing. I think, I think you know, doing your research is, as far as, okay, understanding and call them. You know, call them, email them. What do you do? What's your spe- like, what, do you, what do you focus on? That's a good question. You know, we're going to tell you. You know, uh, and, and I would also argue for this. Go buy and see them. You know, go, go shop around. You can go to one session. If it's not a good fit, go to somebody else. But I think, you know, there are there's so many different modalities that work for different things. So it's like, you know, yeah, if you're, if you're coming with a trauma background, you really want to heal from some of that. Probably looking for somebody that does some, that, that is familiar with EMDR, I would say would be a good start because that means that they're definitely interested in trauma, you know, okay, or has done some trauma therapy trainings of some sort would be good. So know? one, here's, a, here's another question for you. How do you assure people that you're not going to rat them out? You know, I think I think about that when I was yeah. first dabbling in, oh, maybe we should get some therapy. Those secrets, as you said, you know, you're only six of your secrets, but how do you assure folks, how do you build that trust? Because legally, you're not supposed to say anything. Absolutely. Do, do clients know that? I don't know if they know. Maybe they do. How do you build that right. rapport and that trust that, you know what, doesn't matter what you say, you're not going to be judged and I'm not going to... Not going to tell you not going to tell you Confidentiality. Right? Confidentiality. Yeah. Well, and the, and the good part about that is there is HIPAA. I mean, there are the different laws that apply to it. I mean, so the reality is I mean, you, you've kind of got them over the barrel as far as if they're disclosing stuff you didn't want disclosed, that's going to be a problem. For and, you know, I don't think people actually think that will happen. Right. I think they just want to trust that it won't. There's a difference there. I don't there think, is. you know there what is. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, I think something you just said that, that I'm just thinking of on the spot is that rapport building. I mean, I, you know, you know, insurance companies might not love to hear this, but the reality is for those of us who work in the field, you have got to spend a good, long period of time building rapport, especially with somebody who's coming to therapy for the very first time. Now, if you've done this before and kind of know the ropes with it, I think a lot of times you can kind of come in a little bit, you know, you've done some work earlier on. You can get it, you can get to it pretty quick. But when you come in, this is your first rodeo with this thing, it's going to take a while to build that relationship. It's got to be a relationship. Right. You know, with boundaries, obviously. I'm not, I'm not talking about that part of it. Right. Well, if you have, you know, clearly it's a... Uh... Setting some objectives. What do you want to get out of therapy? That is that does require a relationship. You have to know the person. Yeah, the person. You know, and the client has to know you as well. Yeah. 
Well, hopefully we answered a few questions on um, finding a therapist, getting into therapy. Uh, we may come back to that again. If we didn't address something that you would like to hear about, please let us know. You can shoot us an email through the website or social media, Instagram, Facebook, all that. Yeah, guys, get on there and like us and you know, follow our stuff. And we're, you know, we are we are legit. We're posting stuff, <laughs> we're, right? We're, we try. We right. should try. So yeah, yeah. if you could, uh, and and again, share the share the podcast and the website with folks that you think it would be helpful to. Uh, we do hear that a lot that folks are sharing it with family and friends and so on. So we really appreciate that, and hopefully they do too. So we will talk to you next time. Catch you next week. This podcast is made available by Upstart Resilience, LLC, for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the subject matter. This podcast is not designed to give specific professional advice. By using this podcast, you understand that there is no counselor-client relationship nor any other professional relationship between you and the hosts. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent professional advice from a licensed professional in your state.